I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. One of uh, the more remarkable, mesmerizing memoirs of the year is When My Ghost Sings by Tara Sadu Fraser, who joins me now. The book follows her in the aftermath of a stroke, amnesia, and re- reconstructing her life. As memories uh, resurface, they are seen through the eyes of the person whose body she stole, somebody we meet in the book that she calls Ghost. It's just marvelous to see how Tara writes about this time in her life and her road to recovery. It's not easy, but it's leavened by unforgettable, compelling characters like an ex called The Boy or Jude, who begins a new relationship with Tara and who is contending with their new identity. I'll ask Tara about this journey of recovery, how she's wrestled with gaining that which she lost, like memory, and what it was like to rely on it as she wrote this book. Tara Sadu Fraser is a queer writer and creator of South Asian and Scottish ancestry. Her work has been published in the uh, magazines Autostraddle and Anathema, among others. Visit com for more information. This is her first book, and it's published by Arsenal Pulp Press. We spoke nearly two and a half weeks ago. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Tara Sadu Fraser. Ms. Sadu Fraser, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Pretty good yourself. I'm well, thank you. What is it like when it, because we're, we're talking in, in late November, mm-hmm. uh, when it's this time of year especially? Because it's about, what, what nine years ago when, when you had your stroke, is that right? Yes, I was 32. Yeah, so what, what does it feel like when, when, when you look at the calendar and, and the dates? Um, you come close to some of those dates there in, in November of uh, 2020, uh, 2014. Um, yeah. Did you think about these things? Did these things um, hit you a, a, a different way, say? Um, it is. It's interesting that you bring that up. Sometimes, uh, depending on the year, um, it does feel like a day of mourning. Uh-huh. Um, and um, it's also wrapped in, you know, anxiety. Um, and then some years it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really notice. And I think that just is, you know, the, the way of life, right? Um, some years are better than others. Yeah, I, I think that that's like celebrating a birthday, if you will, or, or uh, we're talking the day after that everybody was talking about the Kennedy assassination, which was 60 years ago this year. Um, there's some years where you remember these things, and um, they do matter. And then there's some days where I guess life is pretty good that that you forget. Yeah. And uh, yeah. but what, what was it like for you, though? I mean, not just to write the book, but I understand that you, you've been making appearances, re- rereading parts of the book at, at events and the sort. Um, is there enough distance in terms of time that, that it, it doesn't feel? Um, well, I, I should assume that, that it would feel something when, when you're rereading parts of the book. I mean, what, what does it feel like for you when, when you have to do that, say? Um, well, to begin when I was writing the book, it was done very selfishly and for therapeutic reasons. Um, I was able to really sit in that time period again and write it out. Um, I didn't necessarily think about having to go back and read it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, at this point in time, when I do read what I have written, I think just honestly because I am in front of people <laughs> and there's so many nerves wrapped up in that, mm. it is kind of an out-of-body experience when I am reading my book. Um, so it's just reading the words on the page. But if I were to sit down and to read specific chapters again, especially chapters surrounding um, when the stroke occurred, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, sometimes it's hard to read. It's hard to swallow. Yeah, it, it, I have... A lot of feelings as I was reading the book. Um, uh, one of the feelings that I got throughout the book, it's, it's beautifully written, um, and just how evocative you depict um, certain things you, you uh, see, feel, um, taste even. Um, the, the, the senses um, in, in some parts of the book, uh, 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 how you depict how your senses are heightened um really I found it quite moving um do you think the 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 stroke itself do you think that heightened some of your relationship with your, with your senses say I would say yes um and I think my take on the reason why is because there is a brand new association mm. with specific things um, so, um, the feel of something, the textures, the taste, that was new in a sense. And so, there's things that, I mean, at, and now I have, you know, the, the luxury of taking things for granted again, mm -hmm. um, that I just didn't have at that point. Um, so yeah, to, to write about it from that point of view and to really just describe what I was feeling and what, you know, my body was saying, um, that, that was the, the best thing I could do. And, um, it was, while it was scary at the time, yeah. And, and looking back on it, um, you know, it was it was scary, and it, there was so much sadness and loneliness wrapped up in it. But there's also like this beauty that settles in, this beauty um, of life that you really experience through the senses. Yeah, there's a part of the book, and I forget even where you were, but you described. Um, taking in the air, filling your lungs with warm air, and I, I, that sentence has stayed with me since since I read the book. Um, you know, these these are things that we <laughs> we we all regularly breathe, um, but we forget sometimes when we uh, what it feels like to breathe when we're in a different place. Yeah. When it's new or or it's different than what we're accustomed to, say. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, really looking 
back on it, there was, it was strange because it was like, there were some things that were seemingly new to me, but deep, deep down somewhere in my brain and in my body, I did know these things. So it was just reconnecting, um, reconnecting my my senses and my emotional my emotional touch to those senses you know yeah, yeah. um I, I was going to ask you who ghost is but um when one reads the book we'll, we'll find out who they are mm-hmm. quickly but but in terms of, of living with ghosts um looking back at it um do, do you recognize Ghosts. I don't know how to put this, but it, it, today, for example, I mean, ghost may, may not live with you, but I mean, it's such a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, do you miss ghost at all? Yeah. Um, there's there's some memories that I have that of, of my past um, prior to the stroke that are murky mm-hmm. that are fuzzy still um, and I the way that I can view it and and comprehend it emotionally and logically is that there was the woman, before the stroke, mm-hmm. and the woman afterwards. And so, yeah, like, my heart my heart breaks for her because I, I view her as dying that day in November. Yeah. And I, I, I mourn that because she was so young and it was so sudden. And it doesn't... It doesn't feel fair. Yeah, because so, there are yeah. times when, when when I read Ghost in the book, and and it, it feels she feels sort of like um, I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but a bit, uh, holding you back, sort of like a burden, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there are times where I can see that you're frustrated by her. I mean, yeah. but, 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 so there, there are those lovely things that you mourn, and then there are those things that you don't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely, you know, I found I found certain things so difficult and frustrating in the midst of recovery. In how how do you be your own person? when you have lived a certain way for so long. And then what is authenticity, right? Um, Especially with a a big um, traumatic brain challenge. (laughs) But yeah, it did definitely, it, it was, 
it did feel it did feel frustrating at times and um I think also that's my that's my personality like when I I wanted to just be and recover right away and there were so many uh, physical challenges and emotional challenges and it was hard to just be it yeah. took it took many years yeah and 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 as you you write in the book i mean there are people around you mm-hmm. um but you depict so well how scary and isolating it all is um when when you are ill when when you you do have to recover and and um i think that's something that i think scares a lot of people about say growing older because they know they'll get sick right yeah yeah i think i think what i learned too is like there's almost this it is isolating mm-hmm. um it is it is wrapped in sadness um but when like right when i came out of the hospital because you can't really understand everything Mm -hmm. um even like culturally or conversationally what is happening around you there's kind of like this sometimes a gentle softness (laughs) that comes with that um i think where it really began scratching is when my brain was starting to repair mm-hmm. and I was aware. Yeah. But prior to being aware, it it wasn't too awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's another character in the book, um, the boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is he called that? Because I mean, at one when when I first read that. It suggests to me that that um, maybe that's the name that that one gets to suggest a, a level of maturity. But uh, as we um, read in the book, uh, that's not the case, right? Yeah, I, I when I when I wrote it, I first of all the, the boy and I are still quite close. Yeah, um, and I wanted to um, maintain um, protection uh-huh. and um, he wanted to maintain like protection on anybody knowing sure yeah um, who doesn't know him and as well it also created like this this distance right so ghost doesn't have a name she's ghost there's like this separation and the boy, with from ghost life. And again, there is this separation. It's almost like this maybe non-human. Yeah. You know? Part of a fairy tale-esque type story because it's not in the present moment. Yeah. You mentioned a moment ago about navigating... um, 
because of, of, of the stroke navigating different places, there's a, there's a scene in the book where um, I guess the boy's frustrated because he, he, you're having a procedure, if I recall, mm-hmm. and um, you were due back, I guess, in three hours, but it, it, it takes a little longer mm-hmm. than that. And um, Mama, another, another character that we meet in the book, um, because she, I guess she had worked at a doctor's office. Is that right? Yeah. When, when I was younger. Yeah. And so it, it's a fascinating thing to see how frustrating one person is because of say the system. Um, and then another person, um, not, not, you know, expecting it, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a great contrast and, and, and then you're in the middle of it, <laughs> in the midst <laughs> of it. And, um, I guess when you, this this also um, is another question I had as I was reading the book, and because you go into great detail about certain aspects of um, uh, the stroke and then the recovery, uh, I'm assuming that you had to put some of those things together from talking to other people. Is that yes. right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So the boy and I had um, a conversation. Um, while I was writing the book because there were um, some things that I just needed help with Mm -hmm. in, in remembering Um, or the way that I remembered them. It's kind of the way the book is written is like, I remember it one way, but the way the, the boy remembers it is another. And really the dance around memory and what is honest and what is true, (laughs) you know, depending on, on, um, the person, like I, the way that I remember the hospital, like I say in the book one time, um, and when I'm in, uh, in Vancouver, Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, how I thought there was, a witch (laughs) in the hospital and the boy has to correct me in these in these memories at the time yeah Yeah, it's a fascinating thing when you when you when you uh, work through memory as you do in the course of, of the, the writing of the book, and, and as as one reads it, it's, it's sort of like piecing a puzzle together, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and that's how I was when I began writing the book. That's kind of what it was for me, almost like you know a linear transition, point A to point B to point C, and just working it all out because the story, you know, has been inside of me yeah. for since that period of time and that was the first time that I sat down and started piecing it out on paper which was very very good for me because it was in front of me um and you know I I did it again I did it for you know selfish reasons but it has been incredible to meet people who have experienced very similar things and or know somebody who has experienced or is experiencing these same things. Like there's so much connection 
that his friend brought forth due to due to publishing this book. And it no longer feels like this hidden, isolated incident. Mm. And there's something that's so beautiful about that. Tara, do you, do you feel at all like an anthropologist when you're when you're having to say recreate or excavate one's memory? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> um, gosh, you know, see that that is hard to say. Like, I mean, because I I took anthropology in school. Yeah. That's you know how my brain and sense has 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 been formed. In in looking at things, so gosh, maybe mm-hmm. I would. You know, though, when I was writing it, I was just oh, this is going to sound so poetic. I was just letting my heart sing. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, yeah. my body was writing it because mm-hmm. that's where the story is, and so. I would sit each morning and just let my heart talk. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's beautifully rendered in, in, in many passages in the book where um, it, it almost reads like poetry. I mean, it, it, the writing is spare. Uh, it, it's to the point, and it, 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 it just comes out so beautiful. Um, especially when you're talking about Jude, who, who's such a captivating character. Before, before I ask you about Jude, um, th- there's a moment where you and Jude are playing dice, and mm-hmm. um, you have to calculate, I guess, the, the, the numbers that come up. And um, you want to use a calculator. Yeah. Um, but Jude says no uh, to use your, your head. Um, yeah. what, what did your your head feel like at the time when, you, when you're, you're wanting to use a calculator? I mean, were you you were obviously having trouble adding up the the numbers mm-hmm. does it feel um when you're straining say um because because i i kept wondering because uh, you do challenge your memory uh, throughout the course of say the book trying to remember things does it take on a physical manifestation manifestation say the 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 the, um, the strain of it all um I would, I would feel tired. Mm. I would definitely feel tired, and I think that any form of stress will do that to your physical being. Um, You're frustrated also, too, aren't you? Yeah, it was it was incredibly frustrating, um, and the way that. My brain works now, which is the way that it worked before, is always on hyperspeed. <laughs> and to suddenly have no thoughts running through my head just felt odd. And I didn't recognize my body. I didn't recognize you know, the feelings. And I knew that the woman that I was before, you know, was talented. Um, 
she was able to do things very quickly and with ease. And when, even when I came home after the hospital and I was standing in her room and there was just piles of books and textbooks mm-hmm. and her journals and to really walk in and to be surrounded by somebody's objects that you're supposed to know so personally and you can really view them from such a different perspective um, like her art and her clothes and the way that it was just I was so envious and sad and I just I wanted to be I just wanted to be a person like that again Um, there's a, I mentioned Jude, um, this is another fascinating character in, in, in the book. Um, some of the, that I'm sure a lot of readers, uh, were drawn, are, are drawn to as they read the book. Um, it's, um, such a, 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 a special relationship that evolves as, as we read the book. Um, in, in terms of, um, how you both made a go of it because you, you you were both were living in different cities is that right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah. th- that also seems remarkable in terms of how, how but i guess a lot of people get together like that don't they yeah <laughs> it's the future everybody's meeting online <laughs> <laughs> um but but making a go of it as, as you do because the, the other thing is as, as as i see jude and you um, the places that you go to or that you're from, um, they come alive in the description, Seattle or, or even the trip to San Francisco where, where Jude had come from. Um, they're like characters themselves. I, I, I guess they, they feel like that too, don't they? Yeah, I think. And I wonder, like, if kind of, Everybody's like that because, like, when something is new, we were talking about senses before. Your senses are heightened, right? Because you need to explore, know if a place is is safe. So, so the things that you smell, the things that that you taste, what you see, what you feel, is all very prevalent. And I think. Yeah, I think in general, because things weren't so, um, I didn't have that luxury of taking things for granted still, Uh and things were still so new, they were super heightened (laughs) in those cities. And so I was really consuming Everything, like the height of buildings, the shapes, the colors. Um, Crabs' legs. Sorry. Crabs' legs. Yeah. 
it's a beautiful scene for people listening to this where where you and Jude have a meal. I guess this was in San Francisco. Um, yeah. Um, a bucket of crab's legs, and 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 uh, I still think about that <laughs> um, because you really are enjoying yourselves, aren't you? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, no, that was that was such a fun meal, and um, there were so many things that I'm so grateful for that Jude introduced me to, like um, smoked paprika. Ah, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Delicious, <laughs> and and yeah, the, the the crab legs like those were delicious too. But it wasn't just the crab legs; it was like where we were eating them. Yeah. And I was also being taken back in you know Jude's memories, you know, and he was introducing me to to like their experience. Yeah, you know. They're, they're beautiful conversations that you and Jude have throughout the book, um, whether you're talking about um, where, where Jude's um, ancestors are from uh, in, in, um, in, in Europe. I forget the country now. Um, and um, questions that Jude asks you, they're quite, quite fa- fascinating. And, and as someone who interviews people, I, I found um, when Jude asks you about how you've changed because of the stroke, um, these are things that you really think about or have to think about before you answer, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, it's such a, like, it's such, not a strange question, but it is a question that I never really have an answer for because I don't know if I have or not. But that being said, you know, because so many years have passed since the stroke occurred and there's been changes in life and environment and um, just, you know, experiencing new situations, so much change would have occurred anyways. Mm. In a sense, because of that, like, I was finally able to just be my own person and let her go. Yeah. And or morph into one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as I was finishing the book, I remember thinking about gratitude and forgiveness and um, whether these themes... Um, whether they take on new meaning for you. Did you realize that at the time, or, or was it in, in the, say, in the writing that, that you, that, that these things take on new meaning, say? I think that with writing in general, I was told once to always write with love. And... I think that that's important to hit that that place when you're writing because that's a place of authenticity and vulnerability. I also think that gratitude for situations um, occurs 
not necessarily during the fact, <laughs> yeah. um, but but afterwards. And it did take me some time to feel grateful again. I'll be honest. It yeah. did take me some time. I, bet, I yeah. was, yeah, I was not. It was it was messy, and I didn't think that um, the situation was fair, and I was confused, and I felt isolated and alone, and it was. But there was, as I write about, there were there were so many beautiful, rich sparks of hope and life surrounding that. It's a strange space to be in. Yeah, there, there are great lessons in this book that I think, I, I guess we all know these things, and, and, and we need to be reminded of, of you know, how to, how to forgive a little bit better, be grateful a little bit better. We need to be reminded of these things regularly, don't we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we're human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of writing this book, you, you mentioned a moment ago that, that you, were, you you began it selfishly. Um, mm-hmm. But when did you know that you had something that other people could read, say? I mean, did, does that take a while, or, or do you know right away that this could be a book? I wrote it, I knew it was going to be a book. I didn't know where it was going to be and or if it would be on shelves and other people would be reading it. Um, But I knew I was writing a book um, from the beginning. And um, it really, like, it began when... Everybody in, in in Vancouver agreed that it was safe and uh, good to shut down businesses during the pandemic. And at that point in time, um, I had some work to do from home, but everything was just, you know, kind of on hold. Yeah. And after, you know, a week of taking walks and, you know, just being with self, I was like, I'm, I'm starting to get a bit bored. And so I took on writing a book and became beautifully obsessed uh, with doing so. I entered um, from the the Writers' Union of Canada. Um, They have a BIPOC mentorship. And um, I so I entered the first ten pages, and it was chosen. Uh-huh. And uh, my mentor recommended that I, you know, write this book fully, and then submit it for publication. And I was just so fortunate for everybody in the literary community, um, you know, that that read it and gave me the thumbs up and then passed along a name or a recommendation. Like, that, it was, it was very, very fortunate. And, um, yeah, I, I think at the point 
thought I received an agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I think this book is going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I, I can't imagine this um, not going anywhere, you know, higher and higher because they, people read this and, and, and they um, get what they need out of it. It'll it just prove what a valuable book it is. Um, I've kept you longer than I said it would, Sarah. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Congratulations and, and continued good luck with the book. I appreciate your time. Thank you so, so much. The website for more is at terrasidufraser.com. The book is called When My Ghost Sings. It's uh, published by Arsenal Pulp Press. It's author Tara Sidhu Fraser. Join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plato.